If you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 6. You know, I, I want to thank all the people that have come and helped over the past couple weeks to, to get all of our preparation done. I don't know how many of you noticed, but I thought myself a couple times we may not even need to paint because the caulking made everything look so much better. But we put a lot of work into it. We're preparing this building for, for work, right? We're preparing it to, to receive the paint. You know, there's work that goes into that. You can't just come in and start slapping paint on the wall. You can, but when you get done, it's going to look like that. Like you just come and slap some paint on the wall. There's a certain way you do it and do it right. And when you're done, it's going to look good. Right? Well, just like we're preparing this building for something, God's preparing us for something. Now, y'all, I've been praying. I've been praying that God would just do some mighty things. And I'm expecting. I just keep, God, God when are you going to do something? I want to see something happen. Y'all, I'm getting excited. I want to see I want to see you move, God. And you know what he keeps telling me? Just hang on, Kevin. Just hang on. So the title of this message is Prepare Me. Prepare Me. Somebody say, Prepare Me. You know, Isaiah said, Here I am, God, send me. Well, I want y'all to have that same kind of attitude today, but I want you to say, Prepare Me. So look in Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. Now, that ought to tell you right now, just stop where you are. Later, you need to go read what was before verse 9. Because, see, he just, we just jumped in the middle. So that's your job later is to go read what he's talking about. See, we're persuaded better things of you. <clears throat> and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Now pay attention to verse 12. That you be not slothful. Now I'm not calling y'all slothful. I didn't say that. That was in the Word. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Followers of them that through faith and patience inherit the promises. Followers, y'all listening? Followers of them. What is he saying? He's saying you need to be a follower of those that inherit the promises through faith and patience. See, that, that's pretty easy to understand that way, ain't it? That's what he's telling you. Be a follower 
What, what is he saying? He's saying surround yourself with people that know what it means to have faith and patience to endure something so that they can inherit the promise. Surround yourself with those kind of people. Those are the kind of people you need to be looking to. Don't surround yourself with people that's impatient and faithless, that doesn't know what it means to inherit the promise. Surround yourself, look to, emulate people that know what it means to strive to inherit the promise. What's the promise? What's the promise? The kingdom. There's a whole lot of promises made. You may have a promise. You may have a promise God's made to you. So what does it take to inherit that promise? Faith and patience. See, I'm telling y'all today that God is preparing us. But it takes faith and patience to inherit that promise. It takes faith and patience. I'm going to wear this out today. It takes faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. Very few times does God ever just dump something in your lap and say, here you go. It takes faith and patience. See, when you go to God and you begin praying and seeking something from Him, He'll wait you out. He's testing faith and patience. He's looking for faith and patience. He said, be followers of them. What does it mean to be a follower? Well, a follower looks to someone that they feel is a leader, right? You look to somebody that you believe has a greater handle on things than you do. And that they have, they figured something out. They're heading the right direction, so I'm going to follow them. Jesus was a leader. He had followers called disciples. What kind of people do you have around you that you... Now, I'm not... Listen, I am not telling y'all to just cut off ties with everybody that doesn't have faith and patience to inherit the promise. That's not what I'm saying. See, he said, be a follower of those kind of people. He didn't say... Only be around those kind of people. But who do you look to for wisdom? When you have a crisis in your life, who is it that you, who's the first person you pick up the phone and call? Who's the first one you send an email to? Are those the kind of people, now you, you know the people, I don't. Are they the kind of people that have faith and patience to inherit the promise? You need to evaluate that. If you don't have those kind of people in your life that you look to, that you're following, that you're using as an example for how you need to build your own life, then you better find some. Followers. Let's skip down to verse 13. 
For when God made promise to Abraham, Abraham had a promise. What do y'all know about Abraham? He's called the father of what? He's also called the father of faith. But you're right, Jerry. You're not wrong. (laughs) Verse 13, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. What's verse 15? So after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So see, I know God wants to do wonderful things. Y'all, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see just the outpouring of God's Spirit upon this church. I can't wait to see people just laughing because they just can't figure out what else to do because the Holy Ghost is on them. I can't wait to see people healed just because we laid hands on them and prayed for them. I can't wait. But God said, hang on, I'm preparing you. He said, hang on, be a follower of them that endure, patiently endure faith and patience. To inherit the promise. I have a promise. If you ain't got a promise, you better find one. Because if you ain't got something you're looking toward, what's the point? You can't run a race if you don't have a goal. Paul said this is a race. Paul said this is a race. You've got to have a goal. You've got to have something you're looking toward, something you're stretching. Otherwise, you know what you're doing? You're sitting still. What did he say a while ago that I told y'all I didn't say you were? He said, don't be slothful. Sitting still. Right? Now, I'm not telling you you're slothful. That was not my intention. That, just, that was just in the verse. But, you know, like they always say, If the truth hurts, I hope you're not. I don't think you are. I think everybody here wants something. I think everybody here is expecting something. Y'all, when I got up this morning, I expected to receive something from God. When I came over here last night preparing, I expected to receive something from God. You see, I don't leave this place until I receive something from God. I don't care if I stay over here till 2 o'clock in the morning. God ain't ever made me do that. But if I had to, I would. Because I am not leaving until I receive something from God. You ought to have the same attitude when you come in that back door. I ain't leaving until I get what I came for. And you know, that may sound kind of bold and prideful in the world, but I'm telling y'all today in the Spirit that you can receive what God has promised you. You can receive what He's already said is available to you. You don't have to sit here and think, well, maybe next time. There ain't a next time. Today is the time. When you get ready to receive, when you say, okay, I'm ready to empty myself, and let whatever God has come in, you say, I ain't leaving until I get what He promised me. 
That's the kind of attitude we need to have as Christians. We need to quit looking around at all the other stuff. I'm going to tell you all today. If you're in a hurry to leave here today because you got lunch in the oven, don't put it in the oven till you get home. If that's the thing that's driving you to leave here at 12 o'clock straight up, then find a way around it. Microwave dinners on Sunday afternoon if that's what it takes. No things cook up quick. Won't even miss your nap. My point is, is that there is a, a place where you have to get where you have a greater desire than what is going on at home. There is a place you need to get where you put everything else aside and say, I'm so hungry for the things of God, nothing is going to change where I'm at right now. I don't care if the car is on fire, rolling down the road. I'm staying here till I get what I came for. Who came for something? Oh, now, see, I don't want y'all lying. I don't want you lying, church. Because I guarantee you there's somebody sitting here today that didn't come for something. You know what? That's okay. It ain't going to affect me none. That's yours. That's your dealings. I'm trying to tell you the other way, though. I'm trying to tell you the way God, what God has for you. See, God's things are greater than the things of this world. His ways are higher than our ways. And God understands that you've got other priorities. And you know what He'll do? He'll say, well, I'll just wait till I am priority. And I'm going to withhold whatever it is you could have had until you're hungry enough to receive it. There ain't no point in him preparing a table if you don't want to eat. Y'all ever been over to somebody's house and you went not really expecting to eat, but then you get there and they got a spread. Oh, come sit down and eat with us. We cook for you. And you say, well, I just ate while I go. Ain't, ain't they kind of let down? Yeah, they could have called ahead and told you, come prepared to eat. But the thing is, they had it ready. And you turn around and walk out. And they're stuck with all this food. God ain't going to prepare the table if you ain't going to come ready to eat, see. Because God don't have to have you call ahead. God don't have to have you let Him know. He's not going to prepare the table if you don't come wanting something. If you're not hungry you're not going to be fed. If you're not desiring something from God, He's not going to provide it. You see, that's what David said. I, there's one thing I desire of the Lord. That will I seek after. He's not going to provide it if you're not desiring. There's no point. He's preparing us. I'm going to tell you all right now, there's, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to understand what I'm saying today. You may not get it right now, and that's okay, because some things just take time to sink in. There's going to come a time where you're going to understand to the fullest degree what I'm saying today. And you're going to say, you know what? I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty.
and I need something. And you're going to say, God, I don't care what it takes. I don't care how long it takes. Because I'm not leaving this table till I get something to eat. I'm not going to get up from this table until you feed me. You know what? That's what he wants to hear. See, in the natural world, that sounds, that sounds kind of bold and brazen. It seems like you're almost kind of twisting God's arm. But I'm trying to tell y'all today is that's what He wants is for you to desire something from Him. He wants to feed you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to work in your life. And when you come in full of everything else, He says, oh well, I'll put it all back in the refrigerator. They'll be hungry someday. See, I can fill myself up of everything else and come in this place, and I don't need nothing. Because in the natural, I am full. I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about of every kind of other thing you can entertain your mind with. And you come in full because you haven't made time for God. Oh. Y'all, I'm going to turn that around and point it at me haven't made time for God. You see, when, when we involve ourselves in everything else, how can God prepare us when we haven't made time for Him? God can't prepare us for something greater when we don't make time for Him, time to get in His presence, time to receive from His Word. You know, it's hard to come in hungry for the things of God when we hadn't read the Word all week. It's hard to be hungry when you're thinking on everything else. Priorities, ain't it? Man, we've got so much going on in this day. Y'all, I'm not trying to <clears throat> brag in any way. I'm just going to tell you the facts. So, I've worked in this church almost every night for the past two weeks. There's a couple nights I hadn't. But I'm telling you, the reason why I'm telling you all that is when, when I got home, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I'm exhausted. I've worked all day, come home, worked over here for three or four hours. I'm tired. And you know what? It takes me a little time on Saturday night and this, this, this afternoon, it will again, to, to get all of that stuff out of my mind. As I'm walking around this church praying, I'm, I'm looking at places of places I missed caught. Oh, I need to fix this. And before you know it, I'm not thinking about what I was praying because I'm paying attention to the caulk on the wall. Why is that? You say, well, that's a good thing that you're working for the church. Well, you're right. But you know what is more important? Spending time with God. Not just in this physical building, but spending time with God. And I guarantee you, if I had spent the kind of time I should have with God throughout the past couple weeks, when I come over here to pray, the cough would be the last thing on my mind. I would be hungry and desiring something from Him because I've been reading about Him. Because I've been reading His promises to me. And I've come over here expecting to receive from those promises. See, when you know what a promise is, you can expect to see it fulfilled. A promise. If somebody promised you something but never filled you in on it, how would you know? 
to receive from that promise. You wouldn't. How do you think Abraham knew about the promises of God? Because God spoke to him. God called him out. God dealt with him. And you know what? He stood on those promises. He held on to them. God, oh, look, y'all, it didn't happen overnight. Have y'all read about Abraham? Let me refresh your memory. He was pushing 100 years old when he had the promise fulfilled in his life. And some of it wasn't fulfilled in his lifetime. Some of it was fulfilled later in generations when Jesus came. You see? It didn't happen overnight. But what did Abraham do, y'all? That word says that he had faith and patience to endure so that he inherited the promise. Faith and patience to endure. What's God promised you? Be here all day. I could be here all day telling you what God's promised me. And you may be sitting there saying, well, man, I have a hard time coming up with one or two things. You better get to reading. You better get to praying. You know, there's promises I've read for myself in this Word, and there's some of them that God has just spoken to my spirit. You need to get to reading and praying if you ain't got no promises. Man, what is the point? Why? I, I wouldn't even get out of bed on Sunday morning and bother coming to church if I didn't have some promises. Why? Like I told you a while ago, there ain't no point running a race if you don't know where the finish line is. I'm a, if I'm going to run a race, I'm going to find out ahead of time which way do I need to go. Because that's the point of a race is to win. I don't know anybody that goes and runs that big marathon in New York thinking, well, if I can just place in the top 50, that'll be awesome. I don't know anybody that crosses the finish line in 50th place and says, yeah, 50th place, yeah. They may just be happy they finished, but see, they had a different promise. They was just wanting to finish. But anybody that's in it for the race wants to be first, right? Anybody that's in the race wants to be first. Let me remind you all real quick what Paul said. Because I believe that there's probably some people sitting here today that this may apply to. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. And looking, I'm going to put it in my words, okay? Forgetting everything that's behind and looking forward unto those that are ahead. What? He said, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Y'all, that's running a race. That's standing on promises. You forget all that nonsense that's behind you right now. All the other stuff going on and you look to the promises and you start running the race. That's how God prepares us. That's how God can begin to move and work in your life when you forget everything else and focus on Him and His promises. 